0: Okay, are we ready to go there, Reg? Very good. Yes, five. You're putting up five fingers. Yes, five. Fifth anniversary. Very good. Exciting. Very exciting. But you didn't bring a cake. (laughs) All right, here we go. Are we ready? I'll give you the uh, three S's. I'll give you the countdown. You give me the music. I'll give you a podcast, and we will see what the fifth anniversary show will be like. I'm not even going to tell you. I know you haven't been with me for five years, but you're here for today, so welcome aboard. All right, here we go. Star, smile, strong. We ready to go? Here we go. Three, two, one. Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. We now state emphatically, it's happy anniversary. Not another day could be a happy anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy, happy. Happy, 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 happy
1: anniversary! All right! Knock it off! <laughs>
0: Welcome! It's my fifth anniversary! This is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and welcome to the fifth anniversary show, episode number 261. As you notice, I'm changing the opening here because it's official, so it's just a little looser today. I thought I'd let you hear the whole Bitches Back song And I had a little Anniversary message From the classic uh, episode of the Flintstones You know the spiel Every Monday a new episode is posted At WGNRadio.com You should go and tell your friends Send them a link, send them a message Tell them your favorite podcast is Out in Jim's Captain Podcast you want to listen to other ones Go to WGNRadio.com Go to this prompt, you'll find all previous 260 episodes, which could only mean one thing. Welcome to episode number 261. Wow, well, I was able to say all that same stuff, uh, and the music still f- didn't fade. Very cool. Yes, yeah, so here we are. Welcome, if you are a regular listener. Um, we are here at uh, episode number two sixty one, and uh, today, as this is posted, I believe it will be posted on Monday, May twenty fourth, which means it is my uh, fifth anniversary of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. I believe it initially was posted on May twenty third in twenty sixteen, so it is a little—it's it, a different day, but. Uh, but here we are, five years later. Who would have expected it? Not me, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying I didn't expect it to go, uh, to go as long as it has. But uh, when I started, podcasts were a new thing. Uh, just getting started. I mean, they were, they were building. But now, my gosh, five years later, podcasts are everywhere. And um, everybody and their grandmother literally has a podcast. And so I know you have a lot of choices out there. Um, And I want to thank everyone who is a regular listener to the podcast uh, for staying with the podcast this long. I hope uh, we continue to inform and entertain you and hope you will stick around because you certainly have many more choices than you originally did. That's for sure. Uh, When we started five years ago, 2016, I don't even remember what was going on in 2016. Uh, Barack Obama was still president. Yes. Yes, he was. Wow, I don't even remember Barack Obama being president. Doesn't that seem like a thousand years ago already? But yeah, in 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 May of 2016, we were we were um, in a in a presidential election, and I don't even think in May when we debuted this podcast in on May 23rd, 2016, Donald Trump had not even announced he was running for president. I believe that he announced he was running for president sometime in June when he came down the escalator at Trump Tower. I believe that was in June. So when this podcast premiered five years ago, not only was Donald Trump not the president, we didn't even know he was going to run for president. Wow, what a difference five years makes I, I i just it just dawned on me that Barack Obama was still president when we started, and now we have been through barack this is our third president within five years this is our third presidential administration <laughs> so this podcast has made it now through it's in its third presidential um tenure. Wow, who knew that um, as uh, when I started uh, and I had him on a couple of weeks ago um a regular contributor to the podcast was uh, Mick Kaler. And in fact, I was able to talk to him for the first time in a couple of years um, because he had a full time job, uh, you know, and he couldn't do the podcast uh, when we were recording it. Um, so I was glad to talk to him again. Now, thanks to technology and Zoom. Uh, you can do any. Five years ago, we didn't even know what Zoom was. I'm sure it was still around, but no one cared about it. Nobody knew about it. And now it's a regular part of our life. A lot of things have changed, obviously, in the last five years, except the entertainment value and effort put into this podcast. So. Uh, let you know that I'm still enthused, I still enjoy it, and I, once again, appreciate all your loyalty and devotion, as I always say at the beginning. So please, spread the word. Let them know that Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic is still around and, and has every plan to be around. But uh, we should commemorate uh, five years. I think that's a pretty big deal. I know a lot of podcasts come and go. Um, but this one's still around. And so I also want to welcome a regular contributor and somebody that's been working with the podcast now almost as long as me um, and a regular contributor. When Mick wasn't able to, uh, to take part as part of the pop culture club, I was scouring uh, my brain to find out someone who would be as equally worthy in terms of their passion and their knowledge. For pop culture, as well as someone I just like to talk to every so often or on a regular basis. And so I only thought of one other person, and uh, she is back here today. So, welcome uh, to the fifth anniversary show, Emily Arminetti.
1: Hey, Jim. How are you Happy doing? Anniversary. Isn't this yeah, exciting? Now, it's very exciting. And should we say, should we just point out that I feel like I saw this on your Facebook feed? We're recording this on the anniversary. Of the release of the Captain Fantastic. Yes, album, yes, we?
0: we are. Yeah, this is an exciting. I thing. saw that. I yeah. On <laughs> yeah, look at well, well, it's nice to know somebody reads my Facebook page. Oh, of course. Yes, yeah. uh, we I, 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 I we, we pre-record these, and so yes, we were I'm re- actually we we're recording this on uh, May nineteenth, and May nineteenth was the is the forty fifth anniversary of the release of my favorite Elton John album, Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy, and uh, mm-hmm. so I put that out of my my uh my facebook page and i will always remember this day because uh i was 11 years old and my mom uh, i would always go shopping with my mom she loved to go shopping and and, and you know and she went all places she would go to the high end places and she would also you know go to woolworths you know <laughs> and so um we we lived near a, a a very busy kind of uh neighborhood shopping area called six corners in chicago which is the um, intersection of Cicero and Milwaukee and Irving uh, streets. And so there were six corners there with those three streets that, um, you know, that, uh, that intersected. And so there was a lot of stores. There was, a, I mean, now it's gone sadly, but there, you know, the, the anchor store was the big Sears there. And there were other small little uh, independent stores as well as uh, big stores. There was a movie theater called the Portage theater. Cause that was the Portage park area which I believe might still be there. Um, There was a great record store that I went to, but we went to this one store. Back then, you didn't know when albums were going to be released. So uh, I went with my mom, and we went to this place called Keys Department Store. I don't even know how big or small it was. It was kind of like a Zayer, like a Venture, if you remember those stores, now like a Target just uh, back in the 70s. And I walked in the store, and every rack in the record department had the Captain Fantastic album on it because Elton was so big in 75. And so I bought, We, I, I said, Mom, I got to get this. And so, of course. And so then we went to the Woolworths afterwards for lunch because they used to have a diner there. And that's where I opened it up. And I I pulled out all this stuff. There was booklets and posters in there. So I always have a fond memory of May 19th. So thank you for bringing that up.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just fitting. I think it's fitting that you yeah, you're... Right. you're, you're your anniversary right. is aligning <laughs> yeah, with yeah. It's Oh funny. A, yeah, a big Elton moment. Yeah. So yeah.
0: <laughs> well I wanna thank Emily. As I said, uh, I met Emily. We worked together for probably about four or five years maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Several years, my gosh, it's kind of scary now. It's over twenty years ago that we worked together. Do you realize? That? I
1: know. Can we not even talk about that? Oh, I know. It makes me depressed.
0: Well, well, then, well, then, if it makes you depressed, then I should put a bullet. I should put a bullet in my head. Then, oh. um, but uh, yeah, and Emily uh, worked with me for me, whatever you want to say, uh, as part of a, a technology group that I headed up at um, at a PR firm in Chicago, and um, one of not only one of the best workers. Uh, and uh, that we had, and one of the best team members. But we also just got along very well, personally, and we had uh, we shared a lot of interests. And uh, above all, was pop culture, movies, music, uh, you name it. Emily always had, mm-hmm. and still does. Hopefully, even though she's now a mother of two, um, always has had a a finger on the pulse of the pop culture world. So when. I was looking for somebody to help me. Uh, Emily was the first person I thought of, and uh, so I appreciate you taking part in this. Now, now, do you remember? Of course. How long have you been uh, part of the podcast? Do you remember? Oh.
1: um, I I can't can't tell you exactly, but you mean is. you don't
0: have it written down in a book on your in your daily planner? I- <laughs> Started podcast today
1: in my Chandler. <laughs> 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 I mean. Yeah I feel like I've told you this before but it's like you and Brett Kavanaugh are the only people still keeping a paper record of their <laughs> <laughs> calendars.
0: Hey that's how I <laughs> that's how I found the date. I went back to my 2016 daily planner and I found mm-hmm. the date when I recorded and the date that it was uh, on. That's how I found the wow. date. So wow. I have I have like 10 years worth of um of daily planners.
1: Yeah, I feel like I. it probably wasn't, I, I probably came on board somewhat early on, right? Because uh, yeah, I feel I, like I was I was sort of new to Texas, I think, and I've been here for six years. Now, oh, yeah, so. I,
0: yeah, I think you've, it, it hasn't been quite five, but it's certainly been at least four and a half because I was looking at, um, I also have, uh, I used to do it, uh, I don't do it now, but I used to have a, I used to type out a, uh, you know, like a whole roster, like a whole rundown. Mm-hmm. for the producer but Reggie doesn't need that now he's so good but mm-hmm. my for my oh I had more producers than uh, Murphy Brown had secretaries yes and there's I know. And, there, and there's a reference go <laughs> I know
1: right seven
0: people just got that Murphy Brown reference uh out of the eight that listen seven i yeah. think got it but, <laughs> <laughs> but um no so uh yeah i i went through a lot of producers um but anyway so i used to so i i actually should go back cuz i have all of those that I printed up, I would bring those home. So I have a file of those until I mm-hmm. stopped using them. So I should go back to see when your name first popped up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, but I I, I, I I, bet you it was at least, if it wasn't uh, 2016, it was certainly early 2017.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Because as I said, Mick wasn't able to uh, to help me out. And so uh, I, I touched base with Emily, and I don't know if you came on board right after I was looking or I went for a while without it and then and introduced you, but you certainly have been here uh, for a, the, a big crux, so I thought it would be only fitting. That uh, you take part of the uh, be a part of the fifth anniversary uh, episode. So congratulations to you, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I mean, she's well, a, a mother of two, and so that can't be easy. But um, I do appreciate it. And uh, and when you are on, and when you are not on, I always hear where's Emily or when's Emily going to come back. So just please know that there are people out there who um, who enjoy listening to you as well.
1: Oh well, thank you. It is an honor. So you know, always.
0: Yeah, but so I'm happy uh, to be here. Yeah, 5 years. I did not expect this. I mean, I mean I'm not saying that good or bad. I'm just surprised that you know, I mean I, I it's hard to believe I've been doing this pretty much. I don't think I I I would have to go back and really I don't think I've missed a week to be honest with you. Even when I was going to be on vacation or something, I have yeah. already I always recorded an extra ver, you know, an extra episode so that it could be there when I wasn't. So I don't think mm. I've missed any um but uh Right
1: but now you still but it's episode 261 now, right? Yeah, this and is, then, yeah. is that including the lost episode? Well, it do does. See yes. See, yes. now no, very good.
0: Very good.
1: Mm-hmm. Cuz I was I going feel like this is a good time to remind people.
0: <laughs> there is There is a yeah. lost episode and um mm-hmm. uh I believe it was episode 9. It was that far Oh uh, Yeah, it was very quick. But there is a lost episode in that I believe i mm-hmm. i missed counted, mm-hmm. so I then had to go back and count it so there is a lost episode um I have never aired it, mm-hmm. and i will someday uh so it this but but it but it does but that does count so good you know kudos yeah. to you for mm-hmm. bringing that up, because I was going to bring that up. I don't know how many people remembered it, but every so often I will get a reference to people when I, when I say, oh, we're in a milestone uh, thing, and someone will say, what about the lost episode?
1: <laughs> right, yeah.
0: And I always love, I, I, I'm so glad, that I wish, you know, I could, I'm not even smart enough to have done that on purpose, <laughs> right. because I love <laughs> yeah. that. I love that there's this little weird little secret that people that have lis- been listening to the podcast for a long time may re- re- may know or remember, and that it's lurking out there and um and that it is this little uh little cookie, I guess maybe you could call it that or a little a little Easter yeah. egg,
1: yeah, Easter egg, yeah,
0: Easter egg mm-hmm. that is out there with the podcast. I wish I could have said I had that law planned, I didn't, <laughs> but it but once I realized it happened, I said, oh, this is great, I'm gonna have so so yeah. who knows maybe the the lost podcast will one day be aired. Or maybe it will just remain in the vaults. I don't know. I mm-hmm. haven't made my decision yet. It's been, we're, here we are at five-year anniversary. I could have easily made that the fifth anniversary, um, you know, episode. But then I was like, you know, once I air it, then the mystery is gone.
1: Right. That's it. You know what? Maybe you should aim for your 10th anniversary. And maybe that could
0: be, you could well, think Well, about by then, I don't even think we're going to have computers. So I don't even know. <laughs> I don't in 5 years, I don't know what the the technology is going to be. Just
1: the microchips. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're just going to have
0: it in your head. head. I'll still be I'll yeah. still have my day planner.
1: You'll still have your flip phone.
0: I'll still have my flip phone in my in my day planner. Yeah. Although I'm really yeah, scared now. You mentioned that flip phone, that's a good point. I'm getting mm-hmm. really scared. I may have to break down. Yeah. Because it seems to me that at least initially um a lot of covid related um identification things to go to certain places you know are, are going to be dependent on oh well just you know have it on your have it on your phone you know if you go to an airport you may get some kind of a uh you know some something that will be on the phone that maybe you can't print like even for instance like when I get those uh you know those little squares that have like the you know the, the little code the, that the you QR get. The QR code. Yeah, is that what it's called?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it QR called?
0: Code. A QR. QR. Yeah. QR code. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know that.
1: Now, now I don't know what that stands for.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. But that's a I yeah. But like when or, I get you know. one of those QR codes, I have to print it. Oh God. <laughs> and take it with <laughs> me. <laughs> oh. <God. laughs> because I mean, because I because I you know they send it to me. And then yeah. uh, I have to print it, but at least I have it. But uh,
1: well, just so you know, because you're not ready for reentry yet, I think. But um, <laughs> in co- in COVID times, m- most restaurants have their menu is a QR code, so that nobody has to touch anything. Oh, they really? Don't have to touch menus? Yeah.
0: <gasps> Are you serious? See, I have not. I, I am. I have literally not been in mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. restaurant, a formal restaurant. I've gotten takeout. But I have not been in a restaurant, sitting down with a waiter or waitress, and I have not held a menu. To mm-hmm. your point, in in you know since I, the last place we went, ironically was a and this is a flashback, and you, I'm sure you can appreciate this one too. Was a Nancy's Pizza. Remember Nancy's right. Pizza in Chicago, yeah, the, yeah, stuffed, I do. the stuffed the mm-hmm. stuffed pizza place. Mm-hmm. And the reason we went to this place was it was on February 28th. 2020 and that was the 40th anniversary of when jamie and i met
1: oh that's so sweet
0: and we went and we, we met at a high school basketball game and afterwards the whole group of us went to nancy's pizza oh because that's what you did when you were 16 sure you yeah. went to nancy's for a stuffed pizza in our neighborhood and so thankfully even though the nancy's that we went to is no longer there The family that owns it still owns one, and it's in a different location, so we went to that place, so at least it's an official Nancy's that was owned by that owner, and that was the last place. We went on February 28th, and everything closed down on March, what, 12th or so, so that was the last place. So are you telling me that if I go to a restaurant, they will not hand me a menu?
1: I mean, I have not been to many restaurants, and I certainly haven't been inside. But you know, because we have such nice weather most of the year, I've been lucky enough to eat outside at a few different places. And every place I've been to has so it's on, so th- it's that they
0: don't even give you a tablet; it's so, on your phone.
1: No, you they they have like a piece of paper most most of the time laminated on the table, uh-huh. and then. With your smartphone, you just open the camera, and when it kind of uh, focuses yeah. the lens on the QR code, uh-huh. it pops up a link that you click, and there's the menu. So now when you go, when you start going to restaurants again, when you when you reach that point where you feel safe, <laughs> yeah. Jamie will be able to read the menu yeah, on her I, phone, <laughs> but you will not. So you better have to, ask. That. Jamie, okay, Jamie, have to read the menu Yeah, what's too.
0: in yeah. the fish area? Yeah. Exactly. What's in the burger area? I'll have to just ask. Mm-hmm. What yeah. what are the sides? Could you mm-hmm. go to the sides uh, area? Yeah, I mean that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, I,
1: and you know what? I have a feeling this will be one of those things that just continues on, even yeah. once we're. Uh, you know, I think I think restaurants will, because also it like saves resources, like pay, you know, especially oh, places that change up their menu and yeah. they like they print a new one all the time. You know, they don't have to do that anymore. Oh, there's going to be a lot. Coming.
0: I've said this many times. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see when we get back to whatever normal, new normal, old normal, uh, Abbey normal, whatever it is um mm-hmm. what sticks around based on what was created uh initially uh as a temporary uh you know option well, in I a covid world mm-hmm. yeah in in the in the, yep. in the covid world to say wait a minute this not only worked during then it works perfect now nice. i think i think curbside stuff is going to remain
1: Oh, I love curbs. Yeah. Line. I don't so, want to ever step foot in a grocery oh, store. Oh I know. Again. Yeah. I so, don't really care if it's COVID.
0: Yeah. So I think there's gonna be interesting to see what happens. a lot of companies uh and, and businesses are gonna wind up uh just incorporating these things. It's gonna almost be invisible. You won't even realize that it wasn't there all the time. It's gonna it's it's gonna be that ubiquitous. But um but anyway, yeah, so uh I'm I might this may be a watershed moment um because mm-hmm. I might literally not be able to function. In no. a post-COVID world, without a phone, I mean, it is so
1: <laughs> with, your, with your bad flip phone. no. <laughs> you'll, you'll- yeah, be, and
0: it's so funny how when you like when I watch the news and they mention these new um you know developments, like oh and all you have to do, there is a there is such an assumption by everyone in the world that everyone has a smartphone. Yeah. There's not even a caveat like for those without. There's not nobody even says that. It's right. like so then all you do is get your cell phone and it's going to be on your cell phone, it's going to be on your smartphone, just flash your cell phone, just you know, and I'm like, "Wait a minute. I can't flash anything." I mean, the only thing that I right. But but here's the other thing, what I might be able to do because I I don't really use it. I don't have I could probably my, don't don't sell My cool pad flip phone short. Because I may be, the only thing is right now, I don't have internet access on it. But I think I could get it. But I could (laughs) get it. So if I did get that, then I would be able to receive those things. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then have that on my phone. Yeah. So I might... on
1: your little tiny bad flip phone screen, (laughs) I don't know. Listen, I think there are three people in the world who have flip phones. And they're all over 90. It's... No, it's you. (laughs) Close. You're the only one that's not. No. It's you... My dad. Right. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that I read one time that Anne Hathaway said that Robert De Niro still has a flip phone because she worked with him on a film.
0: Okay. So well, you it's know like what? You,
1: my dad, you're in good company. I'm in
0: very good company. Okay. And if you notice, <laughs> we're all Italian. <laughs>
1: right, exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Italian guys. Yes. There's
0: something about Italian white guys.
1: I guess so. That I don't,
0: don't want us to flip over. Uh, we love yeah. them. So, so Bobby D has a flip phone.
1: According to Anne Hathaway, I'm pretty sure she said that when she worked with him on the intern, he. And
0: still, what's your dad's uh, first, no, What's your dad's first name? What's your dad's first name? Ed. Ed. So Eddie A. Bobby D. And Jimmy T.
1: That's right. Yes. <laughs> you are in, you're in very good company, actually. Yeah. But that said, I yeah. don't know. And then you're if I can get my dad to get a smartphone, then you're going to be in really big trouble. Uh, because bit, then you're really uh, well. We'll see. It's going to uh, take a while. Yeah,
0: you, you know. You, you know, No. No. You know. You, you did insult them a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. No. So I will. I'll have to see. But um, what I wanted to talk about em- with Emily today is kind of pop culture ish. But also, I think uh, I want to tap into her PR knowledge and expertise and experience because, um, I just, I've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was saying how in this COVID world, I was kind of happy that for the first time in more than 30 years, um, it seems that my college degree is actually coming in handy. (laughs) Right. Uh, you know, back in the eighties and you went to college in the nineties, I'm sure. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, if you took a communications degree, major uh it was viewed as a blow off you know you weren't taking math or economics or biology or uh you know pre-med or pre-law or business administration everybody with the business administration nobody even knew what the hell that meant but that was the big thing but if you took communications like oh everybody just look at you like oh total blow off
1: well, I mean, it has to be said that I have a degree in journalism, so...
0: Okay, ju- it's the I- same thing, okay? Okay, I, you know what? Okay, I'm looking. I, I, let, me, let me, let me, I'm going on no, your...
1: Even Even I'm looking down my nose at you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking, I'm looking, wait a minute, I'm going on your Facebook page. I, I don't see, no, I don't see any Pulitzer Prize in your, in your background. No, that's true. Yeah, I don't that's see true. that. Yeah, that's true, Okay. Yet. <laughs> Well, but uh, but journalism and hey, radio so you know was Wait, it. But so here's that. the thing: you you snub your nose at me. But my my um, degree or my communications was so vast that within my major, I had journalism and radio and television. I had those all encompassed. You so had the you,
1: whole thing covered. Yeah. Yeah. And also, by the way. Someday they might start giving coolers for podcasts, and then oh yeah, really? really oh, yeah, there's your shot. You'll yeah, it's
0: going to be either me or uh, you know some uh, some seventy year old guy that talks about how to fix a, a lo- uh, you know a, a lazy boy.
1: It'll be no, it'll be you and like you know Terry Gross from Fresh yeah, Air. No, no. <laughs> the, Hi, yeah.
0: this is uh, this is Hank Stearns, and today on my uh, Lazy Boy podcast, I'm going to tell you how to uh, change the uh, the main. Mechanism that allows your legs to stand up. So that's our topic today. I mean, that's that, <laughs> that's where we're at on podcasts now. I mean, I, I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. five years ago we are celebrating the fifth year anniversary of this podcast. Five years ago, there were very few. Po- there was there was a growing number. And just so you yep. know, folks, just you know, yeah. I mean, sadly, I mean, you know, uh, I'm doing this for five years out of pure passion, pure joy. Pure self-interest. Uh, I do not get paid for this. I don't charge you for this, and, and they don't pay me for this. So un, unlike uh, Adam Carolla or Joe Rogan, I'm not a, a zillionaire from this. Uh, this is That's pure. Right. This is purely out of the love of communicating, which is, once again, leads back to the reason why I majored in communications, because I have a love to communicate. Now, some people say I have a love to just talk and be opinionated. I like to say I enjoy communicating yeah uh, you know, six of one and a half dozen of the other but um, but yeah, but I was just saying, in terms of the way the world is happening now, I mean, because uh of what technology has done in the last 15 years, especially now sixteen, almost 20, with the uh, introduction of the cell of the uh, smartphone, um, communication is more important today than ever. Sadly, uh, most people don't know how to do it well at all which is, I think, has uh, attributed for us being in such of the, the shape that we're in because we are in a communication age, and yet I would say 98% of the people don't know how to communicate correctly. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you think that you, having studied journalism and, and in that how to how to effectively convey a message and to get facts and how to present them in a logical way and and things like that with you know subjectively as well as objectively objectively um it makes you i i I bet you that when you communicate with people whether it's text or email or anything you're always writing in very clear concise ways that your message gets through
1: I mean, I definitely, it's amazing how many things I learned in college, in the journalism program, and also in my career that I still, like, are part of my everyday life. Yes. You know, it's just, like, gets drilled into, but also because, like, those are things that sort of it doesn't really matter what industry you end up in it's like a useful skill set to have
0: yes and i think it's even you know? more useful today because as i said when you know when when we were both uh, in college yes there was technology um and it was it was it was the, the it was bubbling but my goodness in terms of where the internet went from the mid 90s to where it is now and then as i said the smartphone just put everything on a on a faster course um The communication, uh, you know, outlets and formats that exist today did not exist 15 or 20 years ago, at least to the extent that they do now. But once again, they're all founded on and still based on common principles of how to communicate from one person to another or from one person to a large group. And And I think what we have seen is that there is really a lack of expertise as to how to effectively communicate. And and if that hasn't been, if you never felt that before, and this is what I want to talk about today with Emily, is in this COVID pandemic, uh, the the pure mishandling of the entire communications of COVID from literally day one until today has been a case study unto itself in terms of how things have gone wrong there are so there is so much misinformation there is so much confusion, there is so many mis messages there are so many hidden agendas there are so many um uh you know uh politically motivated um grand i mean everything that has happened mm-hmm. in communicating information to the public by so-called experts as well as lay people uh has been horrendous. We the, the world our, the world and certainly our country has become one big as I've always said it's one big water cooler to begin with of mm-hmm. people but now it's it's shown that the water cooler the the bad the bad uh gossip and the bad information that was a lot of times uh you know passed along at the water cooler now has an entire world to feed on, which has only exacerbated yeah. everything. And I really think, I hope that as people move on, especially young people, I hope that that in colleges they are teaching people and, and putting out a, a new, pro, uh, a new uh, prominence on the ability to communicate effectively because it, it may sound simple and everybody thinks they know how to do it, but as we've seen, not a lot of people know how to do it well.
1: Yeah, I think, and I think you're right. This is going to be a, a case study for sure.
0: I mean, when 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 I look at this last week, now I don't know now what I like about Emily and being a part of the podcast too is not only is uh, you know she's got her pulse and everything, but she also lives uh, in a different state than I do, so I get a new perspective. And she also lives in mm-hmm. a state that is somewhat, especially in a COVID world, uh, controversial because it was like Florida. She lives in Texas um you you are in a spot where they have been very uh you know uh conservative in that uh they have not really embraced many of the covid guidelines uh, they have been you know it's very kind of you know no mask kind of culture i'm sure i mean it's a big state i'm sure there's pockets you live in a kind of a liberal area in austin but i'm mm-hmm. sure the most of the state so texas has been well, one of those states <laughs> that has been on the on the fringe of, of sort of anti-COVID messaging?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, I think our, our, our governor was maybe one of the first to start to lift mandates on things like masks in public. Um, uh, we We definitely had kids back in schools, much sooner than some of the, like we have a lot of people, obviously I'm from Chicago, as we've talked about many times. And so I know a lot of people in Illinois who've got kids in school. And I also lived in New York for a while. We have friends there who have kids in school and those kids are just getting back to being in person in school. And so I think from those kind of, those are the types of things that, you know, we kind of have been pushing forward much earlier on in the pandemic than maybe other parts of the country. Um, yeah, here I mean, in Texas. Although like you said Austin is Austin is a little bit Austin isn't necessarily representative of like all of Texas, but yeah, no, sir. So, I mean, certainly we've, you know.
0: Well, yeah. I think I think what 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 would needs to be pointed out from a from a communications um professional standpoint um is you know, the average person may not really notice it or 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 it may not jump out and and feel that important but the the ability to the 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 main the main principle in communication when you start out whether you're talking to somebody one on one whether you're giving a speech to somebody when you're sending out a press release to the world whatever it is the first principle is know your audience. Mm-hmm. And in the communication of COVID, the the experts, the politicians, the, the, the science people, I don't know who is handling their communications. And I don't know all the different pressures, but I have to give the communication industry the p r people who are working for the main areas of government and 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 public health, I have to give them an f. I have yeah. to give them an f because as it stands today if if you right now went on the street and asked ten people the the mandate and what you can do and where you can go and what you can do if, or whether you should or shouldn't wear a mask, you would get forty different. Responses from those ten people, not just ten different ones.
1: Right. Well, and as we know, anytime you need to communicate something, I mean, once you know your audience, you then you kind of figure out like, okay, what are the key messages? And then when you know your key messages, you get anyone who has to be involved in communicating that. What, like you said, whether it's one-on-one or whether it's in the press conference, or you get everybody drilled on the key messages so they all understand this is the party line right
0: yeah and and that's then and and so to your point that's a good point that is not that has not happened because we have seen people within the same organizations saying different things yes and then so then someone says well i heard that blah 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 said this they said well i heard that someone from that agency said this so not only to your point once you create those messages to your point which is great Everybody needs to know what the messages are, and they need, there cannot be deviation. Right. You have to say that. And, and the thing that kills me is the thing that, that I have noticed <clears throat> the most is in any kind of thing, and I've mentioned this many times, even with, 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 with um, the, the, the develop, development of, of technology and stuff. When I say know your audience too, you have to understand that human nature, is such that it doesn't follow a methodology or logic. And that's not a knock or anything. That's just reality. You've got to deal with reality. And I just think when these messages are sent out, they are they are confusing, they are mixed. There's different agendas and I'm saying it might sound good on paper, but you know what? You've got to get out of your bubble and test these on on the average person, not the people that live in your world. Because these Mm -hmm. messages make sense to you because you guys all know these facts and figures and you live with this, but how is that going to play outside? And I think the one thing that's always missing, and I never minded, and maybe that led to my, my downfall to some extent, but I believe that when you are sitting in a messaging environment, you have to have a devil's advocate in there. Right. You yes, have sure. to have somebody that's raising their hand. It's not that this person is not being a good part of the team. In fact, I would argue they are being the most valuable part of the team because while everybody is is kumbayaing and saying how great all this sounds, somebody has to raise their hand and say, yeah, but I think if you say that, this is how people are going to react to it, and it's exactly different than what we're hoping. Now, that person could be viewed as you're not with the team. No, no. I'm trying to make sure that our job here is done correctly when it gets out of our little world and gets into the real world. The CDC last week made this blanket statement that people now that can go out, uh, if you're indoors, you don't have to wear a mask, and it was completely misinterpreted by everyone in the country. Yeah. And there was clearly nobody in that room when they were going to devise this to send that out. No one raised their hand and said, but if we say this, won't people just stop wearing masks? Won't they stop getting vaccinated? Won't they think that the COVID is over and we've announced it? Because that's, that's what the message was. And that is not what the message was meant to be.
1: Yeah. Well, I have a theory. I, I mean, I, you know, because I think a lot of people, they're like, what? I don't understand. How come things have changed so quickly overnight? And I mean, obviously, the rollout of the vaccine, I, I think, does kind of help us open up to more things. But this seemed like a, an about face, right, to a lot of people. And I wonder how much of it is that when, when they first rolled out the vaccine, and you would read like, okay, here's what you can do if you're vaccinated. And basically the list was like, you know, you can wear masks, mask so you can sit outside with only people from your household. So basically the list was like, you can get vaccinated and you'll still not be able to do anything. So <laughs> I think they realized at a certain point, I was like, oh, great. You know, I said, my life's not really going to change at all if I get vaccinated, which for me, it was fine because I was always planning to get vaccinated no matter what. But I wonder if somehow they realized this is actually deterring people from getting vaccinated, because if you're even on the fence about getting vaccinated, and then you read that the CDC or Dr. Fauci is saying, well, here's a list of things you can do if you're vaccinated. And the list basically isn't diff- any different than your life today. What is your incentive, right? So I wonder whether they reversed course because they because there was a thought that well maybe this will encourage people who are on the fence if they know guess what your life will open up if you get vaccinated
0: well that's right? and, and that's fine and I think I think that's a really and I never thought about that but that's a really good point now here's my only problem with that I have no problem with changing course hopefully the vaccination should improve things so uh, you know right. this should always be hopefully. A very fluid um, situation because we we are always learning more, and that's the other part of it too. This has been viewed as a very static kind of situation. That once you say this, that's it forever. Mm-hmm. And and what should have been community. This is my point about day one. Day one, they should have come out and said, "Now look, this is going to be a very difficult." situation we are learning about this on a day-to-day basis what we tell you today may change tomorrow right or may and, and that needed and that was not in any way i don't know if they felt as if they would be hurting their own credibility by admitting but but if they would have come out at the beginning and said now just so you know what we talk about today in this and from the from the very beginning here is what we know about covid this is back in you know february of 2020 this is what we know but please know that tomorrow or two weeks from now this may change so we are going to, we need everybody to to band together we need everybody to to be to understand that this is a learning process that in the next several months we are going to have Some It's not going to be a straight line. There's no definites here because we're learning. And there's some times when things are going to be tighter and maybe we can loosen them. But we're just giving you an overview right now because we really don't know. That would not have been, by admitting, all we talk about is transparency now, by admitting that's not any kind of a weakness because by, you know, to your point about Fauci, You know, Fauci initially was saying, you don't need to wear a mask.
1: Right. Mm -hmm.
0: Then later he said, you got to wear a mask. So then people said, wait a minute, this guy has no credibility. You know, even Donald Trump said that because he first said, you don't need to wear a mask. And now he said, you do. So we can't trust this guy. So now anything he says from now on, I don't trust. And that's how Fauci got in trouble.
1: Well, yes. And I, and it kind of bothered me at the time because when he was on the back foot about the mask thing and people clung to that as like a, right. Why, why should we have to wear a mask? This is what he initially said. And like, I felt like it took him way too long to make the point publicly that like, look, this is a pandemic. This is a, a, a novel virus. We didn't know we were learning every day, like you said, that they could have done that like more proactively. But even when that became the thing, I felt like it took him too long yeah. to articulate that. Well, this publicly.
0: is my point. I mean, I mean, I don't know who is handling and And and, and so this this latest one, because to me, this this latest, I mean, like I said, the, the communications, the mixed messaging, the political motivations, uh, you know, all of that over the last year has made this so muddled, and that's why we've seen different surges in different areas, diff- you know, surges at different times. And, and, and to your point about, um, you know, people clung to those things, you know, people, for the most part, will rationalize the facts in order to allow them to do what they want to do. If I want to go here, then oh well, it's not. It won't be too bad if I do this. So this way, I can go to see my grandma at at blah blah blah, or I can go to lunch with my friend. Um, so we take the we take our reality and we we jigger with it in order to do what we want to do and we somehow rationalize even if the facts don't sit there in our minds well this won't be that bad it won't be bad if we go and just sit one time and many times that we've seen during the holidays especially that all those little rationalizations turned into a huge surge people did not follow the rules exactly what the doctors were saying happened And so here we are now. But now, what? So what? What gets me so crazy with this latest flip flop is that we have a vaccine. We have a we have a level of protection that we didn't have a year ago. This is a good thing. So we should be using that as the tool to say if we can get to certain point, things will open up.
1: Right. That's yes. Exactly. They should use
0: that as the matrix to get to the opening. But they open and and they opened and then they said and now you can figure out how to do it. I was shocked when I was screaming at the TV set when I was watching the head of the CDC. I think her name is Walensky, Rochelle Walensky, Mm -hmm. and she said, "Well, we first wanted to create the foundation for people. We wanted to announce the foundation that yes, this vaccine is working." It is as effective and even more effective in many many ways than we thought it would be to the point that if you are with other people that are fully vaccinated, you can now not only get together with them outside, but you can get together inside. You don't have to wear a mask, blah, blah, blah. And so the question was to her, but, but now people don't know about schools. People don't know about restaurants. People don't know about public uh, places. People don't know about entertainment venues. And she said, well... Now that we have the foundation released that you can that this stuff is safe, now we can begin to talk about those specifics. And it's like, "No, no, no. You that's not the way to communicate that. You have to communicate mm-hmm. the whole slate at one time because now once you said to a population that has been pent up for 16 months that you don't have to wear a mask, they're five-year-old kids. They're running outside. They're not listening to the other five other things Yeah, that may come later. No. The genie's out of the yeah. bottle. It's too late. I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that over this last weekend, there weren't bonfires of masks around the country <laughs> because no one's going to wear a mask again, and, 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 and they had this exact opposite effect. The view that you can go in to now, and, and now it's on the honor system to go into a store. I don't know what yeah. what honor has anyone shown in this in this country in the last sixteen months. Zero.
1: Everyone's right. going to lie.
0: If I go, if I go, Emily, if you, if say we I mean, were both vaccinated, but let's say we weren't vaccinated, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to go somewhere uh, to the store, and I'm with you, and mm-hmm. say we drove forty five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Am I going to walk in and they're going to? Am I going to say I'm not vaccinated? If I'm with you and I just drove um, 45 minutes with you and I want to spend the day with you? Right. No, you're going to just... I'm just going to say, yeah, I'm vaccinated. Say. I'm vaccinated. I mean, my gosh, yeah. people lie about a lot worse than that. Yeah, I paid my taxes. Yeah. <laughs> and they could go to jail for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this honor system thing is silly. The, 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 the genie is out. And this big, my biggest fear is, with all this congregating... And now in Chicago, they're opening up, you know, Lollapalooza. Two hundred thousand people are going to be congregating in this summer, whether yeah, it's whether, crazy it's, whether and... it's outside or not. And you, now talk. Now you know you you are a Lollapalooza veteran. Tell yeah, Lollapalooza. me, I've never gone. Tell me mm-hmm. what is the congregation obstacles of well, Lollapalooza? I mean,
1: look, we all know how big Grant Park is, right? However, you. Lollapalooza, has, the attendance is so huge that there's no way around it at some point. in the, Like, if you're standing in front of a stage, yeah, I mean, you could either be deep in a crowd of people, depending on how close cool up you want to be, or you could kind of hang back. But there's no way to get to move from one part of the festival to another without getting caught in big traffic jams of people.
0: Like shoulder to shoulder. That, but,
1: So not only that, if you're with other people, you literally have to link arms or hold hands to get through (laughs) the sea of people and come out on the other end, like all together with your group. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, because it's just such a huge festival. And so no matter how big Grant Park is, you know, and no matter how many different stages there are, the simple fact of the matter is you have to move around and there are and you have to st- like sometimes standing in line even just to get food or for the porta potties or oh whatever i mean it yeah, th- yeah i mean like,
0: i didn't even think about that right exactly like, like right. Look, look how long the lines are do you think anybody's going to be social distancing in the line to go to the bathroom
1: i mean it would be it would just be impossible
0: yeah i mean it'll go it'll go the line will be from from grant park to park ridge right yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, I, I mean, if there
1: if I, I know a lot of festivals are happening in the coming months, but I mean, I have never been to one that's as big as Oz. I, I think that it is probably the biggest music
0: Well, and this around. is what this is what's so scary to me is so now we, we are going to start we are going we are now going hog wild you know all these outdoor festivals in your local neighborhoods, your rib fests, your your carnivals, these big kind of uh, you know congregational things like a Lollapalooza. People are going to start going to concerts indoors. If I mean, hopefully the vaccine will cut down on this, but now we see that less people are even going to get the vaccine because in their minds, if I don't need a mask. That means I really don't need to get vaccinated enough in their minds. You know what? Enough people are vaccinated that I don't need to be. So it won't spread. And if we don't need masks, then I'm doing whatever I want. And COVID is over. That's that's the impression that we have right now. And we are not even close to that. The country isn't even 50% vaccinated. We're not even close Mm -hmm. to it. And then we're always told that we can get to a herd immunity at 70%. But we're not there. Why are we, you know, I, I, I know why it's summer. The sun is out. We don't want to stay indoors anymore. We stayed indoors last year, barely, but now it's been over a year. We we are tired. The fatigue is hit. And, but, and, and so the CDC just gave everybody the okay to go nuts. Mm -hmm. So here's my question. How are we going to get people to get vaccinated and get masks if it does get another major surge?
1: Well, that's is that thing. possible? Just, is that even I, possible? I, I think you're right that the the opportunity to do that, to create that incentive has already been missed. It's gone, because, yeah. Because, right, because had the message, had this most recent message been if, if, I don't know what the percentage is, I'm just going to make this up, yeah. if 80% of the population gets vaccinated, then we can start to... Then
0: here's what uh, we could pay, do, pay pay and list, guy. yeah, and list all but, those possible again, things.
1: Right. And by the way, this is the percentage we're at now, you know, so people can get an idea for their own personal decision making process. They can say, well, I'm kind of on the fence about this, but if we still need 30 percent or whatever the percentage is of the population to get vaccinated before we can really get back to normal and I can take off my mask and I can go inside in big groups of people, then I guess I'll just go do it. You know, but so they but like you said that that you can't. the. Can't get the toothpaste back in the tube now.
0: Yeah, you know, you know it's yeah, and 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 my point is that this was really the most important. What 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 is so frustrating to me is that we have been doing this for sixteen months, and now we have this vaccine, and it's it's not a it's not a silver bullet. It's not a panacea. It's not it's it, it doesn't give you a hundred percent immunity. But my gosh, at least you got some shield from it to either pass it along. Or to get it yourself. So this is a uh, this is a major thing. Instead, it that has also been clouded with misinformation, politically motivated things. I mean, the fact that people don't want to take this vaccine is a communications blunder. That everybody in the wow. in, in the country is not taking this. To me, it has not been fully explained. Because if it was fully explained as to how it works and why it works and what the goal is yeah. and, and, and how it is not even about, like you, the key that you just said was before, helping other people. The key to this vaccine, you know, then forget about you. Think about helping others.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the vaccine thing is really tricky in a sense because for starters, you had Jenny McCarthy years ago convincing people that. that well, yeah, oh, yeah. This bad. is
0: a long hell. Yeah, that's, it's a long hell, no, and, and I don't. And yeah. So, so,
1: yeah, and so there's there's already a percentage of the population that's a little bit like. But there
0: wasn't thirty or forty percent like it is now.
1: No, I understand. I understand, but I think that with COVID, and again, I think you're, that this should have been communicated in in a much more clear way. I think people are under the impression that because this had to happen so quickly that the COVID vaccine did not go through and, the same process right. that other vaccines do. And so I think people are worried that they're going to get a vaccine that hasn't been put through all the Okay. Same and here and here's the right? problem
0: with that. And go ahead if you could, go ahead. I don't want to say that. Well no, there. that's
1: I mean and that I think that created an additional right. and here's, percentage and, of the population. And and, and once again, this is this is
0: my point about this the the vaccine has not been properly communicated if it was properly communicated at the beginning as opposed to just headlines new vaccine we're gonna we're gonna jab everybody we'll get a million shots in a in hundred days stop with your goals, stop with all your and and first explain to me what it is and why it is and how it is and then you could start to make all your big. 200 million shots in 200 days. Yeah. But But the reality of this is the reason why that vaccine was developed so quickly is it built upon prior knowledge. This vaccine was built on not, we didn't start from scratch to say, Oh my gosh, there is something that has never appeared in human existence. And we have to start from scratch. To figure out what it is, how it works, and how we fight it. This is a SARS-related virus, which we already have had SARS-related viruses in the world. The reason this was able to be done quick and quicker than most expected is it because A, our technology is greater than it was back when they were doing polio a hundred years ago. Our 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 knowledge and our, of, of how things work is better than it was 60 years or 70 or 80 years ago and also we were building on prior knowledge we didn't start from scratch so we were able to move the timetable up because it wasn't like how do we do this we just have to say okay here's a new version let's build on what we already have and that's how they got there quicker I think if that was if that was if, if that was uh better communicated that people understand why it didn't take as long than a normal vaccine would
1: and and also what they and they need to be reassured that it is just as safe as any other vaccine because it has gone through the same process we haven't skipped any steps here we haven't had any corners here
0: but they didn't really that should have been that should have been everywhere
1: OK, but to your point there, that's where the devil's advocate in the room is missing, because I believe that they were coming from a place of this is what everyone's been waiting for. A vaccine when in reality, not everyone's been waiting for a vaccine. Everyone's been waiting for covid to be over, right. but <laughs> not everyone wants to. So I think they, that there was an probably an assumption made that like, who wouldn't want this? This is what we've all been waiting for and hoping for, for since this thing started, right? What and so that's where you need that person in the room to go, well, actually, not everybody is going to want to take that. Some people are going to be worried that this was accelerated. You know, like, you, that that's the voice in the room, right? Right,
0: and, and once again, know, what did I say at the beginning? Know your audience. Mm-hmm. You should know, like you just said, there's already... A suspicious, uh, group out there that is anti-vax to begin with yeah. for anything, yeah. not just COVID, but for anything. So we've got right. to understand that there's a pocket there. Even if it's a fringe, it's there in an, in a, in a, in, a, and in a social dis, uh, a social, uh, media world. Now there's no such thing as a fringe. Fringes are done. Mm-hmm. Niches are done because these niches can find other niches that they never had access to before. So there's no more niches. There's no more fringes. The anti-vaxxers, you have to realize there's anti-vaxxers out there then. They're going to spread that message to the uninitiated. and, And those people that don't know the facts, which is 98%, May buy into that as well. So if you say there's only five percent or there's ten percent of the people that really are anti vaxxers then you have to already assume that thanks to social media and the way things travel in today's world, that that number is going to double or triple. So we might have a thirty percent group that doesn't want to be vaxed or doesn't trust it. So we do have an obstacle here.
1: Well, it also has to do. I think you're right about the connections now being different than they used to be, and. Um, I, I actually saw this woman, I think she was like a former QAnon, maybe something. She was part of a like you you like you would say a fringe group. Right. And she it was a really interesting interview about how she's kind of said, like, I didn't I never used to have really extreme views. I actually used to try to be pretty balanced in like the things that I read and the views, like open-minded to everyone's views. But once she kind of started clicking here and there, reading more about, I think it was QAnon. We'll just say it was QAnon for the sake of discussion. And she said, but all of a sudden, because of the, the social media algorithms, right? Now, suddenly, groups that are connected to these ideas start popping up in her feed. And so she's seeing more of this and it's starting to persuade her or take her down a path for a certain way of thinking where she used to consider herself more balanced. And it was interesting how she explained how the role that social media and just the social media algorithms played in her getting this access to different, not even just getting this access, pushing, pushing the, the different groups and the different postings and the different videos into her news feeds so that she just would see it more and you know i'm not i'm not saying that necessarily um you you know i'm not necessarily saying that this stuff is is uh changing influencing people's thinking about covid but it's to your point that people can very easily get connected with people in a way that they wouldn't have been able to. And then there becomes this kind of group think element. Of, of think course. That right. wouldn't have
0: existed. You know, half the time, so, half the time you are getting, think about this, half the time you are, the, the average person is getting their information from their neighbor. Yeah. Well, you know, we, right now, I like I said, and I said this a year and a half ago, I'm surprised, I didn't know that in this country, there are 330 million doctors, 330 million <laughs> infectious disease experts, but there are, clearly. Yep, yeah. Everybody thinks they know what will happen, what will happen to them, and they there, there is, I mean, that's the big, so, so, so that's my point. The know your audience thing, the first out of the box, we should have said we have to be very careful here we cannot make general types of announcements in any way because if there's any room for wiggle room someone's going to find it and they're going to exploit it and use it and they are going to destroy our message yeah so we have to make we have to we have to carefully craft these messages and we have to find every hole like i've always said if i was developing a technology in that room well, we're in front of the whiteboard, and he got all these intelligent people and all these engineers and all with their X's and O's and all of their theorems and all that other stuff. You know what With the most important person, what I would hire? I would hire a former criminal to be sitting in that room. So when we say, here's what we're going to do, okay, Henry, and you know what he would say? Here's how I would beat that yeah right I want I want someone that's not looking at the world with rainbows and puppy dogs because when this stuff gets out it looks great on a whiteboard it looks great to your point about groupthink when we're all thinking the same way this you know, the, the the head of the CDC I'm sure that they were all in a room and they were all she was following and and all she's surrounded by scientists she was fine she was following the scientific methodology a scientist thinks, methodically first we do this from that goes this and goes that and it follows a nice orderly ladder up and down so she said well we have to first we want to let everybody know that the foundational thing is if you've been double vaccinated you don't have to wear a mask you can go into a store you can go indoors with your family you can hug and everything and then The next step will be, okay, what about schools? The next step will be, what about stores? No, no, no. In the real world, once you told me that I don't have to wear a mask, I'm done. Right. There is no steps three, four, five, six, and seven. I never get there. But in her groupthink mind, in the the scientific world's groupthink mind, well, this is the way we do things. We start out with the foundational information, and then we break it down into subsets. That's not the way real people do it. There should have been somebody from Arkansas in that room.
1: <laughs> well, I think also
0: that they would have the said, situation. "Well, if you tell me that, I'm going out tomorrow to Walmart." Yeah, and I don't care, and I might, and I, and I might lie to get in there. Like here's a here's the best example, and this was an example. So uh, take take for instance your your situation with your family, right? Mm-hmm. So your oldest son is how old?
1: Eleven.
0: Eleven. Wow, double digits. Mm-hmm. Look at him. Mm-hmm. And then your daughter is what? Six. Six. Okay. So let's pretend that 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 your son was twelve. Okay. Yeah. For the sake right. of argument. Mm-hmm. According to the guidelines, as they as they still exist to some extent, I don't even know what guidelines still exist, but in 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 your small little nuclear family here, okay. According mm-hmm. to the guidelines, now. That, you know, if you're, you you don't have to wear a mask if you're indoors, you don't have to wear a mask if you're with other people that have been vaccinated, you don't have to Mm -hmm. wear a mask if you go out in public, fine, indoors or outdoors. But in your little group, right, your four little people, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if your son was 12, Mm -hmm. you would have three different guidelines. You and your husband are fully vaccinated, right? Mm -hmm. So you don't have to wear a mask. Your six-year-old has not gotten the vaccination, so she's not vaccinated. No. So she would need a mask. Right. And then your 12-year-old, we still don't know yet if they're going to get vaccinated or not.
1: Well, no, they're already starting. Right. They've opened it up to... Yeah, they are. But my point is, but
0: you don't know how many are going is my point. Well, right. So my point is within your family you would be walking around you and your husband would not be wearing a mask yeah your daughter would be wearing a mask mm-hmm. and your son would be sort of on the fence depending and so if he sees you not wearing a mask he says why do i have to wear have to wear a mask and you're not and then your daughter says well wait a minute if he's not wearing a mask and you're not wearing a mask. Why do I have to wear a mask?
1: Right. But here's the thing. I don't base anything on this. Uh,
0: I understand my, that. But my point my, is, my, my I'm, kids, I understand.
1: My kids aren't vaccinated. I don't, I don't. Okay, I'm fully vaccinated. And like I said earlier, I'm not ready to go sit inside a restaurant, even if it's just me and my husband, even if we leave the kids at home, I, I will start to change My my decision making in terms of what my threshold is, is based on where the numbers are in terms of the whole population, you know, and I know they are going down with vaccine with the vaccine. And that's great. But I think we are going to hit a peak or like a wall. Right. And until they're telling us like, wow, the numbers are so low nationwide that's. I think that's when I might start to feel comfortable doing things. No, I understand
0: that. No, I understand and b- But my point See, is, according... I, even
1: though it, they may tell me it's totally safe for you as a fully vaccinated person to go and do all these things, part of that is protecting my kids who are not vaccinated and I don't know when they will be. They may not even be until early next year, you know.
0: Right, but but, but my point is, according to the... As it stands right now, according to the CDC, within... I, I'm, I'm just talking about what the guidelines say and... and- and, and not your personal views, I'm just saying, according to the guidelines, in your family, how you know look at look at the conflict yeah, that exists right. you, 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 within your family, and you know it's up now she says, well, it's up to every family to decide what it is. Well, we've already seen how some families are deciding this right yeah so my point is you can't you can't give that's my that my point is the reality of this is you have kids you know that if one kid gets to do something the other one doesn't the other one complains
1: but the other thing too about this gym is that and so we know people have very different approaches to this as well i haven't my motivation for wearing a mask has never been to protect myself. I've always done it to protect other people in the first instance. And I understand that now they say that, oh, it does actually give you personally some protection. So I'm a person who has no problem wearing a mask if it prevents other people from getting and I'm not patting myself on the back here. I'm just simply saying like I that that was always the guidance they gave us. Like wearing masks helps protect other people from getting it. I thought, okay, that sounds reasonable. Um, but but we know a lot of people kind of didn't get that message. Somehow that didn't get it. That's another really. one. That's
0: exactly. Exa- this so, is a- another failed. So, and in right. a very in a, in a very important message, a key message at the beginning that it should have been that, and it was it was buried. Because all these all these
1: months later, right? We're over a year into this. I still hear people say, "Well, if you want to wear a mask to protect yourself, if you're scared of getting COVID, then wear a mask." I'm not worried. And so that message clearly didn't get across enough right. that it's like Yeah, well, and that's what you know. like,
0: like I said, from day one, the messaging here was so poorly um, devised. Like when you said when you sit in a room and you create those 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 key messages and then when you you have all your people that are going to be uh, presenting those messages you all are drilled on those there's no there's no moving from those there's no exceptions this is what we're saying until you hear from us again yeah and the these key messages to fully uh uh, uh you know inform people and explain this out was never done and the, and, and and so we have been chasing the tale of this from literally the first day. And now you're saying, like you said, think about that. 16 months later and you just said it. There is still confusion about the basics, not yeah. the newest stuff, not the stuff that was mentioned yesterday or today. We could say, okay, I understand that was a new something new just came out and people are digesting it. No, no. These are basic things that have been floating around for 16 months, and there is still conflict. There is still misunderstanding of it. That that is a pure failure on communications. As I said, I don't know who is doing this, is devising these communication strategies and these messagings and 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 but I have to give but them an I,
1: F. I, I will say I feel for these teams because there is a unique challenge here that they had, which is that because of the nature of this crisis, it has to be government led. The solution has to be government led. It's just the way it is with a, a public health crisis. Right. And unfortunately, as you sort of noted or touched on earlier, unfortunately, what that means is that politicians have to be involved. And at the end of the day, people in public office, they they have an agenda because ultimately they they yes, they need to do their job, but they're always looking ahead at reelection. And so when that starts to influence what the other agencies have to do, right. Oh, if there's, there's yeah. pressure. If there's pressure from our leaders on. And, and that doesn't have to be just the president. I mean, it's also happening, you know, state by state decisions are being made by the governors and then mayors of cities are trying to make decisions that are right for their own communities, you know. But when that pressure, that pressure is being applied to people who normally would not have any agenda, you know, the scientists, the medical experts, the people, the communications teams who are trying to get the right information out because this is a public health crisis but they're under pressure from people who have to balance that public health crisis with you know their agenda which is I need to be reelected and if if the vast majority of my constituents don't want to wear masks I need to figure out how we can get rid of masks really quickly or <laughs> or or I or I'll start to cast out or I'll I'll start to say well well, we don't really know about mass or whatever, you know. So I think that they had a really unique. Oh, I'm not. I'm not.
0: Time. I'm not denying. I am not denying yeah. that this is a, a, a. This is. This has been a major task. I mean, I am not. I am not. Uh, you know, uh, putting down the, the the enormity and the importance and the difficulty in wrangling all this. There's no question. But at the same time. I also would say that as a communicator, as a, as a professionally trained and professionally worked communicator, that this was the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah.
0: There was oh, no...
1: crisis times? Yeah.
0: Yeah, there was no bigger... In our lifetime, in the last hundred years, aside even from wars, there was no more important issue where communication by professionals was key in in affecting look at how look at look at the look at the spider veins that this thing has had economically socially politically it has touched every part of our being not just our society our being of who we are we are defined now when we walk i mean i know that in the next couple of months when i walk outside with my double masks which i'm going to keep wearing I am going to be looked at like a goof or a freak or a wimp or a, a crazy person because I'm going to be walking into Jewel or the grocery store or a department store and I'm going to have my mask on yeah. and there's gonna and I'm going to be looked at. People are going to shrug at me. They're going to laugh at me. I'm going to have to be ready to face that stigma. But that I'm going to do that. So my point is, there was no more important issue. If communications, as I said before about our degrees meaning something, if there was any a time when communication and that, and that industry should have stepped up and shown its importance and shown its worth because I truly believe that it is important. At the end of the day, I don't care if you're, like you said, which was was, was right on, I don't care if you're a lawyer, I don't care if you're uh, an accountant, I don't care if you're a doctor, I don't care if you work at the the cashier at at a grocery store. The ability to communicate is a key to our life. It doesn't matter. Those skills come in handy if you're a plumber or if you are the President of the United States. Mm-hmm. And I th- I felt that this was a, a an opportunity to really put the, the 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 foot forward in terms of communication and the importance of it and the people that do it. This was your Super Bowl, and as far as I'm concerned, the score is three hundred to nothing. <laughs> you got killed. It's a massacre. Yeah, I can't think of one. Positive communication um, that came out of a governmental thing, or came out of a um, uh, even a, a, a medical thing that was correct or positive. That you said, well, that one was the right. I can't. I can't think of one. Just,
1: just think about it like this. And I don't really spend a lot of time watching congressional hearings, but a lot of this stuff gets picked up right in the news just like when you watch like that, what's his name from Ohio, Jim Jordan questioning, you know, Dr. Fauci in these congressional hearings. It's like you watch these guys and you're like, they might as well be having two totally separate conversations. Right. What is going on? They're like just on different planets in terms of where they're coming from. And it's, it's almost fascinating to watch in a way if people's lives weren't at stake, you know what I mean? But you
0: it's one thing. It's one thing if it's rhetoric, but to your point, which is exactly. Well, that,
1: and that's the thing. And Jim Jordan, and I do have to make the point that there's a lot of political theater happening there, you know, but the fact remains, you're watching these two. And this is a congressional hearing. This is like important. They're trying to, they're allegedly trying to get information, you know, that's like important to the public. Right from these hearings but it's like two totally different yeah.
0: and, 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 and 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 you said you hit it right on the head there are people's lives involved here we're not talking about you know arguing about uh you know a bridge or a highway or some yeah. you know uh you know kind of uh, esoteric uh, you know, uh, you know, theory or what you believe in. We're talking about people's lives here. We've seen people die—three, two million people around the world, over five hundred, half a million people in the United States. This isn't a joke. I've, I, thankfully, I don't know anybody who's passed away from it, but I know mm-hmm. people that have had very serious bouts with it. And anybody mm-hmm. who gets it, they—they they are believers. They yeah. know it's real, and. So we, there are lives at stake. As I said before, there has been nothing more important in, in 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 our lifetime in terms of making sure that communication is done correctly and clearly so that we can get to uh, the, the end game. Because as I said, the irony is this actually could have been, we almost could have been legitimately done with this by now. There's a perception that it's over. It's not even close to being over, yeah. but the perception is what's again, perception, meaning bad communication that it's over. But if people would have understood the, 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 uh, importance of banding together, I mean, once again, knowing your audience, I think literally at the outset, especially public health people, I think one of the main reasons that it has failed so much is I think they are surprised at how people did not band together. I think yeah. that they thought that when they announced the seriousness of this the 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 implications of this the 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 possibility of death I think that they people that they thought people were going to band together just like we did at 9/11 mm-hmm. and and would just show that American spirit that has always in a time of crisis American always bands together and I think that they were expecting that to happen again and we are in such a different world today and this is my point about, as I said at the beginning, know your audience. We are not that world anymore. We are not even as united as we were 20 years ago when 9 /11 happened. We are a completely different society. We are, we are divised. We are divided. We are a, a, a country of pockets and of regions. And of ideologies, we are we are no longer a United States of America. If we couldn't unite against this, what could we? What what will unite us? Right. If if death, if death, a pandemic, a plague doesn't, it, we are right now. We have, like you said, in Texas, we have fifty different rules mm-hmm. in every state. Where's the united part of that? We are states of America. mm Hmm. And that's what's sad. But you know what? If we would have if somebody would have raised their hand in the room and said, you know, don't like you said earlier, you know, don't count on everybody just falling in the line here. Right. If that simple fact would have been pointed out and 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 supported with facts, then the messaging would have been different. And we might we could have, if we I believe if we would have banded together throughout the last year and then got this vaccine. Don't forget, we got, we got that vaccine in December or January. If we would have banded together from March to December and people would have sheltered in place and de- done everything they've done, and then the vaccine came, we would be done with this because that, yeah. that, that was the perfect whiteboard scenario. You get this down to 5 or 10% and the vaccine comes in and, and, and eliminates it to 1% or 2%, which we live with every day. That was the plan, and we I, had the vaccine, I, and we had it, but the miscommunication during the year was so terrible, and it got became so politically divided and you should have been able to have seen that we should have seen we've seen how divided this country's been the last four years. Should we have been surprised that people are going to be all over the map? I don't think so, but I don't think anybody raised their hand and said. Put the brakes, guys. This sounds good in a a perfect world, but we don't live in a perfect world, so don't pretend that your messages are going to, when they get to the real world, that's how they're going to be perceived.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I think they they think people would come together to fight a common enemy, but in this case, the issue is to do that, you have to make certain sacrifices. And nobody wants to to sacrifice. I mean, I, I think in previous generations, certainly there were lots of sacrifices made during like wartime, but yeah, this was very deeply personal for people. Yeah. In a way that it was very hard to get their heads around.
0: Yeah. Well, you know? a, a, but a, but I think if if you if there was a recognition of that and a and a, an admission that you know what? Our society today is divided, our society today is self-absorbed, our society today is not worth or not used to sacrifice? Those are hard truths. Mm-hmm. It's not popular to say that, but if you want to communicate to your audience, know your audience, that's your audience, whether you want to admit it or not. Yeah, And and, and I said, this, this is going to wind up uh, stretching out a year or two longer than it should have because of the lack of communication and information and the mixed messages that we have done, and it's such a shame because we have the expertise and the knowledge to do this, and I don't know why it wasn't implemented. But um So all I know is I'm wearing a mask. Me too. <laughs> I'm wearing a mask, <laughs> and we are not close to being normal until I can go right now and say that I can jump on a plane. I mean, here's the best part. So you know, you know, this is, this is this is like my timing, right? So because I've had I've had several trips, you know, canceled over the last yeah. year and a half. But one yeah. trip that my wife and I have had planned before the pandemic, which now has been has been postponed twice, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to go to Egypt and see the pyramids, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, that you so
0: thinking. now we are scheduled. As it's been pushed back again, we're scheduled to go in January. Okay. Right. mm Hmm. But guess where we're going first before we go to Cairo, for four days. I don't know. Tel Aviv.
1: Let's see. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's going to be a problem.
0: Yeah. So I mean, so now I'm I I doubt we're going to go. Then we can't go. No. They're going to no. call that off. And if they and if they call off the the little three or four day thing in Jerusalem before the Cairo thing, I don't know if I want to go because. I've always wanted to go see the Holy Land and see all that history of that. Yeah. And if I'm going to get on a plane for 16 or 17 hours, I'm doing it at one time. I'm not going to go back. No. So now, in the midst of all, and, and, and you know what I think? I, I mean, I'm not saying it's connected, but think about this, and that's where I'll leave this conversation. Hasn't it, when you see what's going on right now in the Middle East with bombs and rockets flying all over again in this kind of chaos again? As horrible as this shelter-in-place COVID pandemic has been for people, the lack of freedom, the pent-up, they can't go out, they can't see their friends, they can't hug anybody, as bad as that has been, right? Did you notice for the last 16 months there were very few international incidents
1: Mm -hmm. of
0: terrorism or violence? Mm -hmm. It's like we actually had a pause button On all the craziness and all the chaos that usually fills our lives every day.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And now it's sadly where there's a perception that this is ending. That pause button's been hit again. Yeah. And I'm afraid that we're going to go. And now it's going to go since it's been pent up. Not only is our pent up frustration individually of not doing things. But I'm thinking about all the chaotic stuff that hasn't been going on. Right. The people that do that stuff haven't been doing their chaos. Mm-hmm. So everybody's talking about, oh, the, the roaring 20s. Everybody just went nuts and had fun. Okay, that's great. And we can't wait to go to concerts and we can't wait to go to Lollapalooza. I'm afraid about the other people.
1: Right, you're like, well,
0: here comes Al-Qaeda. Yeah, so, here, yeah, I'm afraid of all the other, the, the extremists who have been sitting there I going, know. I haven't worn a vest in 16 months. I know, right? How scary is that?
1: I so as bad, is.
0: as bad as this COVID thing has been, to be honest with you, it's actually, for a while, we actually had some, what would be called peace. I mean, not complete peace, right? But there's been something of a, of a ratcheted down of the extremes of our society. Mm -hmm. And now we're seeing those crop up again. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Mm -hmm. You know? So I don't know. It's been a very, you know, I wouldn't say this is the greatest time in the world to be alive, but it certainly has been the most interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean, and hopefully we get out of this uh, on the other side of the tunnel with some kind of semblance of normality or whatever new normal will be, we'll see. But um, I just, I, 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 you know, you actually you brought up some really good points today from a, a viewpoint and a communication thing that I hadn't thought of, of of myself. But hopefully, my goal with this podcast was just to, to hopefully get people who aren't sc- schooled or skilled in communication to see where we're at right now. So when you are beginning to listen, to the messages coming forward now to maybe we've been able to impart some insight to better for you to better understand those and to better, um, digest those and, and see if it's been done right or wrong. So then you can make a decision for yourselves of what to follow or not to follow, because ultimately that's what's, that's, what's going to, that's what's coming in here. These messages are out there, but we have to take this information and apply it to our lives. So that was my hope. I'm not happy that the the communications have been so bad. But no. I'm I'm hopeful that at least if people understand the mechanisms that go into this and the flaws that have happened, that when you start to hear a new, like my hope would be when you heard the CDC person say, you can go out and don't wear a mask. My hope is that's fine. But like you said, but until I see the numbers go down, I'm still, I'm acting as if nothing happened.
1: Right. And, and also, as we know, with any, any good communications plan ends with what we used to call the post-mortem right right, right. <laughs> and, and 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 that's the the reality is it's good you have to look back and evaluate how did we do how did this go because that's the only way that you improve it for the next time now hopefully we never have another pandemic but it's, oh it's I really think good, I think the history
0: books next. are going to be, brutal on us Mm -hmm. brutal no one is going to call us the greatest generation no (laughs) way no way but um all i could say is there's information out there folks if we've been able to provide some background as to the correct way that it should be communicated you can still listen and hear that information And maybe understand what is right about it and what is wrong about it and maybe apply it positively to your life. At least that's the hope because there's going to be more mixed messaging moving forward in this. it's It's been horrible from the beginning. It's going to continue. We ultimately have to make decisions for ourselves. The only way you can do that, the best way is to be armed with, information and knowledge so that was my goal uh i don't want to i don't want to make it sound like you know doom and gloom but at the same time i've always been a realist and that's where we're at right now so i want to say thank you to emily arminetti for uh for her insights and her expertise and knowledge on this i always um that's why i hired you emily
1: yeah, thanks, Jim. And, you, and hey, again, happy anniversary!
0: Yes, happy anniversary! And uh, that was what a what a what an uplifting five year anniversary show this was. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but if you know, it, it wouldn't be an Elton Jim podcast if it, if it, if it was all happy and jolly and and bursting with love. So yeah, I always right. have to be. I I am happily uh, the pin that pops the balloon. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much for taking place. It's been five years. If you've been listening to the um, podcast for five years, thank you so much. And uh, as Emily said, who knows? Maybe this is the beginning of the next five years. Whatever it is, um, thank you for being around today and in the past. And we hope that next week, as we uh, start our second fifth year anniversary, you will be around as well. Thank you so much, Emily. As I have been saying for the last 16 months, mask up. (laughs) Always. All right. Take care. And so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget. Tell your friends, tell your family, send them a link, send them a message that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and your devotion is much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed listening to episode number 261. I'm Jim Toronto. I ain't here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic from the end of the web to your screen for five years and counting.